and welcome back to the Across the Pod NFL podcast. We're here for the final of our six wildcard round game previews. And the final game is, of course, the Cincinnati Bengals, the third seed in the AFC, taking on the sixth seed and AFC North rivals, the Baltimore Ravens. We couldn't get a Ravens fan, but we have got a Bengals fan for you today. A returning guest who you may have seen on our Bengals season preview episode. Back with us today is Rory Joe Daniels. How are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. No problem at all. And it's, um, you know, it must be nice for you. I mean, a fan of being a fan of the team like you had done all these years, it must be nice how easy you got into the playoffs and you know, the fact that you are the third seed and doing it at home. It must feel really weird compared that to how, you know, the last 10, 15 years have gone as a, as a fan. Yeah, it's nice to be back. It was uh, quite a, a decent journey. Obviously, it was a bit jittery to start with, with a few... Um, interesting losses that we weren't expecting, but we've sort of hit our stride late in the season, um, which is the time that you need to be to be doing it. So, yeah, it's nice to to be back in the playoffs and feel like we're, we're in the hunt again. And what's your take being on the season overall? Because, you know, the big dynamic of a lot of teams who go to Super Bowl, whether they win it or lose it, is Super Bowl hangover. You know, we've seen a lot of teams who've lost it in recent years had the issues like the 49ers were hit with a massive injury bug two or three years ago, the Rams three years ago, four years ago, when they lost to the Patriots, they had a bad season that followed. But it seems this time, it's the winners that have had the had the um, hangover, the Rams, and you guys have really gone from strength to strength. And really, you guys now are probably in a better position than you were this time last year. I think, yeah, the amount of sort of young, the young nucleus that we've got um, meant that we were, were sort of always... We were probably one year too soon last year. Um, we felt like we were probably just a playoff team, but didn't expect to get to to the Super Bowl. So this these next two to two to three years where we can keep this group together was obviously the aim to start really getting into the playoffs and and challenging. I think the start of the season, the, the biggest things for us was getting the offensive line playing as a as a unit because obviously there was a massive overhaul there. Um, so. I don't think it clicked straight away. And then once everybody got on the same page, that's when you saw the, the best of the Bengals. And also, obviously, we've been very fortunate with injuries. We've not lost too many players. Obviously, we've, we've lost a Wuzier for the season. But apart from that, we've stayed relatively healthy, which obviously plays a big part in, in how successful you can be. You know yourself that the teams that stay the healthiest often are the ones that are there at the end of the season. Does it feel almost that this is your window now? Because you got Joe Burrow on a rookie contract, you got Jamar Chase on a rookie contract. You know, you have got a fairly young team, and I think you know, you could, and you could lose. You know, his name is completely passing by, but your um, defensive coordinator is you know, a guy who's done extremely well, um, and obviously he could easily you know be someone who's interviewed for a job. I don't think he has been this year, uh, but I think it's definitely if if carries on the way it's going, he'll easily be a guy talked about for things. So do you think? Now is sort of time where you have to go on and try win it because you know once you pay Joe Burrow, once you pay Jamar Chase, there's a lot of talk of I think you selling the rights to stadium to be able to pay Joe Burrow, and I think there's a lot of talk of that as well. So do you think that now, whether it's this year, next year, or even the year after a stretch, those are the years where you have to make the most of your your sort of situation you're in at the moment? I think so. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, the Burrow contract's going to be a big a big thing, and keeping him um, signed to a, a good deal. It, is going to be the key. And obviously, I think keeping Chase with him <clears throat> once we've got those two in play. And then obviously, you're looking at sort of T Higgins, if you can hang on to him using maybe the franchise tag or something like that. Whether or not we're able to get Chase and Higgins both on long-term deals, 
it's a sketchy one. And then obviously on the, the defensive side of it, we've got Logan Wilson um, and Jermaine Pratt's out of contract this season. So we've got a lot of people on there. They're all all them contracts are starting to to come to the front now where they're gonna need paying. So yeah, in the next two to three years, like say Luan Arumo, the defensive coordinator, he he has been mentioned. I haven't actually seen. I don't think he's had any interviews or anything like that yet, which we're fortunate to to say that. And maybe just because he's he's slightly older candidate, he's maybe not the fresh name that that people are looking for. But also Brian Callahan, the offensive coordinator, is gonna be something that people are talking about. So yeah. This really is these next two to maybe we we'll squeeze three years out of it if we if we can get all the, the deals done and you have to keep drafting well um to be able to put people um around Burrow and obviously that's the key thing now and if it after this year we are gonna need people on cheap contracts uh, around Burrow because he's gonna get that massive extension and that's when your front office really comes into play because it's okay on a rookie deal to to get in the supporting cast but we won't be able to pay all those offensive linemen and defensive studs forever so yeah it's definitely now or never in the next two or three years I would say best chance yeah I, I agree with you I agree with you um because this game is the Sunday night game so it's at 1 a.m Monday morning for us Brits and if you're listening as an American I believe it's 8 15 Eastern if my time difference is correct um of oh, Sunday night um, where are you? Where will you be watching the game, Rory? Where are you? Will you be watching it at home, or will you be watching it out and about with friends? How will you watch this? Uh, this game. I'll just be watching it at home. Usually for the Bengals, I'm not a very good fan, probably, to be around. Uh, when the Bengals are on, I'm all right watching other teams with with other people. Um, but I like to be keyed in. So, um, yeah, the Bengals. It's a funny time. It's not as good. You know, sometimes I think last year. When we had sort of, uh, I think we were on at half eight against the the Chiefs. I had a little bit of a do, and we had like you know a couple of people around that we know and then stuff and watched it all together, and that was quite fun to to enjoy that all together. But yeah, it'll be one. Uh, I think I'll probably miss skip the middle game tomorrow night, get an early night, get the alarm set, and then I'll be uh, camped out on the sofa for for three hours, obviously hoping that we can uh, defeat the Ravens. And those fans you mentioned, those people that are going to come with you to watch the game when you watch the Chiefs, for example, um, were they just, you'll know why in a minute I'll say this, but were they people who watch the sport regularly or were they, were they people trying to get into the sport? Bit of a mix, really. I had a, a couple of mates who, who sort of uh, watch it and watch it regularly. And then obviously I, I had my parents around. I mean, my dad's a massive, he's a, he's a huge NFL fan. Um, and we always, I think probably for the last, probably longer probably about 15 years we always have a Super Bowl party so I always go to my, my parents house and we have brother-in-law there's about six or seven of us that always do the Super Bowl and so obviously this time when we had the playoff run I was like right come on let's 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 all go around let's come to mine and we'll we'll see if the Bengals can do it because obviously I'd, I didn't expect the Bengals to, to beat the Chiefs so I thought you know this could be the last the last playoff run for, for us so let's let's get everybody around and have a bit of a do um, and then we were fortunate enough to be able to repeat it and, and and I went to my parents' house and we had a few people around there to watch us in the Super Bowl, which obviously was a, a nail-biting affair. But, uh, yeah, that's that's usually what, how it goes. But this time, obviously, the late kickoff means I'll be solo this time around. Yeah, I only asked because I know one of my biggest... It's not really a pet peeve because I like people sort of trying to get into the sport, but I feel there's nothing worse, especially in these big games, nothing worse than trying to watch a game and having someone who doesn't know the game and having to explain the rules every other second to asking... Why are they wearing a helmet? Why is it stopping? Why is there an amphibreaker? It's 
it's, it's very frustrating and I, I get why it took me a long time to understand the game but it is something I, I find very frustrating yeah. to watch the people because it sort of almost takes your joy away and there's nothing against people are, you know they know who they are from, from talking about them there's nothing against them it's just that it is sometimes annoying when you have to explain the rules again and again and it's um, certainly but you know I'm all for getting new fans although saying that that means the more fans are get into it, especially in the UK, the more less likely you are to get tickets for London. So I'm, I, I do reckon keep the fan base as it is. Yeah, yeah, I could do, I could do if so. I would keep keep seeing the rumours flying that uh, the Bengals might be be a London team or they'd be playing against them that's a London team. So I would be um, hoping because it was pretty difficult to get tickets this time round. So if the Bengals were here, it'd be, uh, I'd be keen to get some tickets. So yeah, just keep everybody's uh, fan base to a certain level and. Uh, Keep the tickets going. <laughs> yeah, and I think this. I think we will. I'll be if we don't see the Burrow, Mahomes, or Allen playing in London. I think I'll be shocked because I think the 49ers, I think I don't say they're a lock, but I think the 49ers are a, a team with a good chance of playing because of the talk sports stuff and the Leeds United connection. I think they're going to play for the yeah. home away. I don't know, but I think you know Neil Reynolds. Talk, Neil Reynolds has talked about a lot on his podcast that London needs these big names like Allen, Mahomes to come over. So. I think there's a lot of talk actually of Mahomes and the Chiefs playing in Germany and that being the Germany game this year. But I think the Bills, especially in the Bengals, I think they're a bit of a team that be, you know, not played or Bengals played three, four years ago. I remember going to that game against Rams, but I think the certainly the the Bills are a team that has not gone for a while. And I think, especially if they got a ninth, I don't know how whether they got a ninth home game this year, but I think if they do, I think they're a good chance of playing, I think. Um, yeah. But... We will head on to the game itself. Of course, the Bengals taking on the Ravens, looking at the stats. Um, very contrasting emo- um, sort of stats. Look at the passing offense for the Bengals and the Ravens in terms of yards this season. The Bengals are seventh and the Ravens are 28th. But on the flip side, on the rushing offense, the Bengals are 29th and the Ravens are number two overall. The uh, Ravens have scored the 19th, um, 19th when it comes to points scored, and Bengals are eighth. Then on defense, it's all very similar. Um, Bengals are fifth when it comes to their run defense. Ravens are third. Same exact same positions go points allowed. And then yards per game allowed. Bengals are 16th. Ravens are 10th. Uh, run defense, the Bengals are 16th. The Ravens 28th. So the stats all suggest it's more even than it is. But of course, one of the main talking points is the fact that Lamar Jackson has on social media ruled himself out for the game and their second choice. Well, I thought it was Tyler Hutley, but Good Morning Football was saying Snoop Hutley, so I don't know what that's all about. So it looks like it might be um, Anthony Brown that's starting for the Ravens, which, of course, the third team that might be playing their third-string quarterback in this weekend. Um, of course, you guys go into it as heavy favourites. Um, what would you say is the one weakness that you think the Ravens could ex- uh, exploit that um, could cost you guys the game on, on, on Sunday night? Well, I think the key, the key for us will obviously be being able to dampen down their rushing attack, really. I think it surprised me a little bit. I, th- I thought we we weren't quite at the races on on Sunday. I know it was a funny feel to the game because we sort of all knew that this was it was going to be a repeat next week. It sort of felt like that's where it was headed. So I know scheme-wise, people were trying to sort of maybe not show the hand too early what we were doing defensively. And, and they kept some offensive players out to rest them, obviously, Mark Andrews and stuff. So <clears throat> I think the key will be putting it onto um, Brown's shoulders or Huntley. I don't, it, it, it's definitely Brown that's that's going to be a star. I haven't seen it. I know there was talk of Huntley being in the 
a chance to play. But whether it's whether it's either of those two, it's going to be putting it on their shoulders because if they can keep getting good chunks in the rushing game on first and second down, that's that's when it's going to be made easy for them to convert those third, short and third downs. We need to have them in third and long a lot of the time. Um, we saw Anthony Brown make two sort of big mistakes, interceptions um, on Sunday. So it's obviously putting the pressure onto him to make big plays. Um, and I was surprised because DJ Reed has been so successful for us in the rushing game. Um, but it he, he didn't. It wasn't quite, quite where I expected the level to be on Sunday. But I think they'll be they'll be at it this time round. So I would expect that's that's where I'll be looking the line of scrimmage and making sure they've got a strong offensive line and making sure that DJ Reader can get through and stop their rushing attack. So if we can get on top of that, I think that's when we'll see us pull away. Yeah, you mentioned actually between the trenches, and that's actually a great place because you know Joe Burrow was the most sacked quarterback in the regular season, I believe, as well. But also he was the he broke the record for title, broke the record for the most both sacked quarterback in a in a playoff series, and then the most, and then he tied Roger Staubach from the Cowboys for the most sacked quarterback in any Super Bowl game was seven. But this season, he was still sacked um, forty one times, but he was sixth in the league in terms of there were five other quarterbacks who were sacked more. So. Is that that was obviously going into the off season and after Super Bowl that was the main sort of takeaway from the game and going into the off season and your biggest needs was the O line. That encouraging to you in terms of not only this game but also future on in the playoffs, the fact that your O line has massively improved when it comes to protecting uh, Joe Barrow. Yeah, definitely. They, they spent a lot of money doing it and it, and it has clicked. And I think. Um... There's Jay Morrison and Paul Denner on the Athletic who do who cover Cincinnati. They were saying, um, the, the obviously the key difference this year that we've seen is instead of having five and six sack games, we've had two or three sack games. I think with it, we've got the longest running streak of a team that's. Yeah, I think it's I can't remember how many games it is, but it's a long time since we've had a game without a sack. Um, so it's still happening. They're still getting through, but it's one or two times now, and I think it's a combination of. Obviously, strengthen that offensive line, and then Burrow's got that confidence back in his knee. So this season, I think he had a, a slow preseason last year, um, just getting back into it, and it didn't click straight away. This year, he's had a full preseason; everything's been been fine, apart from the appendicitis, obviously. Um, but in terms of how he's moving around, I think you're seeing that escape ability from the pocket. We saw it a couple of times. Um, I think last weekend and the weekend before, where he's you don't think of him as a mobile quarterback straight away, but he can he can get out, he can run, he'll get you a first down, and he's been a lot less he's been a lot less worried about staying in the pocket. He's happy to go and make those plays now, which I think he's confident in his fitness. But obviously, we've got two two major injuries on the um, offensive line, so our right side is is going to be weaker. We're bringing in uh, Matt Sharp in this week, um, who was at the Texans, so he'll be our starting right guard, and the right tackle has been Hakeem Adeniji for. a couple of weeks now he's done a solid job but it is a weak point and I would be that that would be an area of concern yeah I think that I think you know when Lamar Jackson was playing for the Ravens uh, I I think he was still at this point um he did lose to the Ravens by 19 points to 17 I believe it was that last gasp uh Justin Tucker field goal that won the game but you guys haven't lost the game since Halloween that loss came as a sort of Cleveland on Halloween night uh, 32 points to 13. That was a real off day for the Bengals. Um, obviously, we go we off 
often the cases when it comes to player football, momentum is so key. And I think you have to, if you go into the playoffs with a good winning streak, most times those teams do go on to do well. Um, and obviously, you guys, I think, is likely you will beat the Ravens. And then going on to future reference, the future games, um, I think it's likely you'll play, I believe it's the, the Bills or the, or the, if the Bills win them. So, um, it's it's tough, and I think um, you know you haven't actually lost many the games you've lost, only lost I you've only lost four games this year. So it must fill you with confidence how well this team's playing down the stretch and going into the uh, playoffs. Yeah, I think from when we beat the Chiefs was was sort of point in the season where you think yeah this this is realistic again, and obviously we've been dealt a hand where um, we're gonna probably most likely have to go through. We've got obviously we've got like the Ravens this week, a divisional rival. So I think <clears throat> in terms of difficulty, that makes it a lot more difficult because there's that rivalry, there's that knowledge of each other. We know the schemes twice a year. Uh, the coach is very familiar with what the other coaches do in situations. There's just that familiarity that probably makes you worry a bit more. But if we do get through that, obviously then you've got to go through the Bills, the Chiefs. So <sighs> it's probably one of the most difficult runs, but. Like I say, I think those teams will be as scared of us as we're scared of them. The momentum that we've got at the minute um, makes us a bit of a, a scary opposition as well. So it, it it's going to be difficult, but it's uh, we showed last year that we, we we can beat anybody on our day. Yeah, and you certainly have the Chiefs number. I mean, you beat them in a the regular season last year, you beat them in the AFC Championship game, and you beat them this season as well. So I think, you know, if, it's be the, if you beat the Bills and you face against the Chiefs, I would back you guys to win that game because you guys know I've beat the Chiefs you've done it before and I think there's I think there's a good chance you do it again uh but the final part of the podcast will be as the previous five have been our prediction part so we're going to give Roy the chance to um, predict uh, who you think is going to win the game and if you'd like to as well you can give us a score as well I think the Bengals will win um but I am gonna go for 30 to 24. So I think it will be quite close. I think we'll get the job done, but I just don't think it'll... I think it'll be close for most of the game. I think we'll, we'll just pull away in the fourth quarter because I just don't think they'll have the offensive firepower to 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 get back into it. I think if we can hit 30 points, that'll be enough. I think that needs to be the benchmark. If we do it early, I think we could run away with it. But I think if we get to 30, I can't see them catching us. Yeah, I also have a Bengals win. I think that we mentioned before, but I think the run defense of the Ravens are going to be key because I think if you can stop, um, you know, if you can stop the run, the running of the Bengals, it's named uh, Joe Mixon. You can stop him, then I, I think you know it's a good chance you can stop the Bengals. But on the flip side, Joe Burrow is still there. Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase. I think, I think the Bengals will, as you said, I think the Bengals will have the moments. I think we'll see a lot of. I think it could be like. I, I can see him scoring 15 points more from field goals, basically. I don't think Anthony Brown is a guy that's going to be efficient in the red zone, but I, I can see Justin Tucker uh, being the guy to just get get the field goals, cheap chipping away, but I think the Bengals will be too strong, and I'm going to go for a... I mean, J.K. Dobbins, you know, that's the one thing. The Bengals, their run defence is fifth. So I think even if he has a good game, he's got a hard task stopping this run defence. So I think... Yeah, I can't. I can see the Ravens causing problems for field goals, but I think the Bengals will win, and I think the Bengals are going to win. I'm going to give it. You know what? I'm going to be generous to Roy. I'm going to say 42-15. Yeah, oh, I'd love that. That would be a fantastic Sunday <laughs> evening. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely worth staying up for. I mean, yeah, I mentioned before, but the Ravens have a, the 28th worst rushing offense. Because I will know from personal experience, you know, 
they can be they, that we obviously we scored forty two points, forty five points against them in week in week two. Um, so I think that's their biggest weakness, and I think the Bengals that's their biggest strength. So I think that's going to be a mismatch in that sense. So I think I reckon it be I reckon it could be easily maybe twenty points to fifteen half time, or maybe twenty points to fifteen or thirty points to fifteen at the end of the third quarter. But I think the Bengals ultimately are too good, and I think that. They are one of the hottest teams in the, in the whole NFL. So, yeah, I think the Bengals... I think for me, if we're going for lock of the week out of the six games, this is probably my lock of the week. I think that... I, I, I do have the faith that we can chop the Bills, but most people, most people may have that as their lock of the week. But I, I do think that I see no way the Ravens win this game unless somehow overnight Joe Burrow caught develops some sort of illness or something or he gets a cold or he gets the flu or something. I I, I, yes. I, can't, I can't see any reason why uh, the Bengals can't, would lose this game. Um, but that is the end of the, the final one of our six uh, wildcard weekend previews. So first of all, thank you Rory Joe for coming on. Thank you for having me. No, it's been uh, good to speak to you again. Yeah, likewise. And um, what's in the pipeline for you? Anything going on in the next few months? Yeah. <laughs> uh... Obviously, I, hopefully the the focus is going to turn now to uh, draft draft season. So um, I'm hoping to get the I do a perfect pick season over at the touchdown. So we go through every single team and we do a full seven round mock draft and we pick out uh, four players to sort of profile and um, that we think would be good fits for those teams. So there'll be a couple of guest writers that'll that'll do their own team picks. Um, but yeah, it's a fun project. It allows me to look at some of the draft prospects and get a closer view of them and also um, get some names. So there'll be a few mock drafts uh, sort of sprinkled in there, but that'll be the main thing for the next sort of three or four months. Wow, a full seven-round mock draft. That's, um, I salute you. That's, uh, I must take some work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we, 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 we get through them all. We, we try and do it every every team and uh, try and do it. We try and speak. I try and speak to as much, many people from different teams because obviously it's difficult to get the, the feel for each team and each team's needs. So it's good to, to check in with a few fans and, and make sure I'm on the right path. But yeah, we, we do do some mock drafts and it's uh, just a bit of fun, really. And give gives us a broad... We, we get through about 200-odd prospects or 200, 300 prospects. So it gives us good knowledge going into the, the draft. Yeah, I mean, as a fellow writer for the touchdown, I mean, Simon Cowell's got, his knowledge of college football is pretty good. So I think um, anyone listening who wants to look at my articles or Rory's stuff or any of Simon's work, especially if you're a college fan, I think Simon uh, is one of the good one of the guys to go to because he has some good, some very good college knowledge, much more than much more than mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's fantastic, Simon, and and all the guys over there that that, that do stuff. There'll be a lot of stuff going into. The draft season that's worth watching, and the, there'll be there'll be interviews, prospect interviews, mock drafts, and uh, top fifty boards, top two hundred boards, and uh, there's Becky over there that does the uh, FCS prospects and stuff. So, so the the names that you probably haven't seen on a, a Saturday, you can you can do with a lot. So yeah, it's a good place to to check in for your draft stuff. Yeah, and of course, if you were following my work in the past, I have got an article due to go on the touchdown in the next 48 hours. So keep an eye out for that. Um, but yeah, that has been the Across the Bod podcast. I've been Andy, this has been Rory, and we will see you guys next time. <laughs> <laughs>